This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Monday night. Of course, it is 7.30 and this is the Talk Show, sponsored by Boyle Sports, the principal sponsor of Birmingham City Football Club. And of course, <clears throat> excuse me, our good friends at SAS Autos and Borsley Labour Club. Well, the Borsley Labour Club will, of course, be open again on Saturday. Uh, social distancing will obviously be taking place. We're back at work on Saturday, so we're going to have to see how these things go over the next few weeks. We've been bringing these shows all the way through the pandemic, and uh, <clears throat> it's uh, a good thing that we have because... It's kept my sanity going, and I'm sure it's kept a lot of yours going tonight. So, here we go. We're here with Nat Peters. Evening. We're here with Paul Hipkiss. Good evening, all. We're here with myself. Good evening. And we're here, of course, with Mrs Brown. Good evening. <laughs> and the legend that is Darren Purse, ladies and gentlemen. Darren Purse. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Greetings, Darren. Welcome to the Tilton Talk Show. How's it going, Nick? You're right. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for giving your time on a Monday night for us, matey. And um, it's been so, and I tell you this every week, it's been so important that we've kept this going all the way through this uh, pandemic because we're in touch with uh, not only the supporters of the show, but also supporters which are our family, like, you know, the Blues family. And uh, and it's great that, that so many people have given the time up. Um, uh, and what a guest list we've had. And thanks to Craig Courtney for all the hard work he does in the background. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Okay, a couple of announcements, ladies and gents. I'm going to have to put my glasses on. Many happy rebirth, many happy returns today to Jude Bellingham, 17 years old. Well done, Jude. And of course, my daughter Rebecca, who is 27 as well today. Uh, Blues 3, Hall 3 over the weekend. We'll talk about that one in a bit. And the next game up is, of course, Buddersfield. 
Now, Jerry Gill wrote this morning, he's got a crowdfunder on the go. Jerry Gill, manager of uh, Bath City, has launched a crowdfunded campaign to help keep Bath City's promotion dreams alive. Speaking via video, Jeremy explained how thoroughly everyone has been preparing for the possibility of the playoffs. But now that they're happening, appeal for our supporters to give whatever they are able to and on a crowdfunder appeal to support the theme. Fans and residents around the city are invited to donate towards the £35,000 target that will enable the team to compete with a chance of playing in the National League next season, just one step below the Football League. Donors will get the chance to claim rewards from watching a live stream of the first match, to having a personalised flag on the terraces and to sponsoring a player and keeping their signed match shirt. The playoffs start on the 18th or 19th of July with a home match against Dorking Wanderers, but come with a host of unbudgeted costs at a time when the club must play behind closed doors and is starved of normal bar and commercial revenues. Extensive testing of new PPE equipment, deep cleaning and wages to take players and staff off furlough, all needed to be funded. So we're asking for the Bath City heroes to step forward and help your club pitch for promotion. But there are other heroes we want to acknowledge too, our real heroes, the NHS. So players will play with the NHS logos on their kit and we'll give one free entry to NHS workers in selected games next season for every £20 we raise. That could be as many as 1750 Thank you from Bass City fans. Take a look at the crowdfunder now, choose your reward and back our team for promotion. Jerry Gill, ladies and gentlemen, one of our own. One of our own. Oh, by the way, I've, dona I've donated on behalf of Talk and Talk. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, please note some rewards like player sponsorships are strictly first come, first served, so don't delay. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I had a message from Graham Brown. Graham was the uh, the superb one of the, the, the shirt that you've still got possession of, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Graham says, sorry I've not been in touch about the shirt. Had a rough couple of months, just come out of hospital with a heart scare, and the wife came down with a virus on top of that. But we are both on the mend, and I hope you understand at the moment, money is really tight. Keep right on. Uh, and, of course, I've replied to him. And from everybody at the Tilt and Talk show and every Birmingham City fan, Graham Brown and your lovely wife, get well soon. Get well soon. Fantastic. Hey, there we go. That's the announcement out of the way. Darren. Yes. Welcome, 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 welcome. Brilliant stuff, mate. And, uh, and what a player he was for us as well. Um, so well-liked and oh, just, just that, 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 that era, that time was brilliant. It was special. Definitely. No, listen, I think uh, you go back through the, obviously, and a lot of the players I picked for my 11 are, are, are from that sort of era, but you go back to them times and, it, it, it was different to what it is nowadays. I think the fans could get a little bit closer to the players. There was always sort of nights that you could go to go to and meet the players, and the players were were very sort of forthcoming and, and, and getting to know the fans, especially obviously the, the real true blue noses that that turn up week in week out. So it, it, it was, it was a good bunch. time. With, pardon, we're a mad bunch. <laughs> no, hey, definitely. You know, what I mean, I played some mad fans, and uh, and Blues are definitely up there. With, the fans are definitely up there with. With some of the ones I've played played for, uh, but yeah, just brilliant times, and obviously had some had some real good occasions as well. Obviously with the Wuthering Cup final, getting promotion yeah. to the Premier League. Obviously some downsides, all missing out on the playoffs three years on the spin, and and yeah, well, the Wuthering Cup final was um, the first, yeah. first time I met you. Was it? I met you, uh, you, you did a walk round in the cop after the, the day the day or so after. Yeah, uh, and I met you there with John O and a few others and one thing or another. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was great, great times. Uh, obviously, um, we were robbed, and we speak about that one quite a lot. But yeah, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to move on. Just we, we we won it again in 2011. So we're, we're didn't right. we just? Didn't we just? What a okay. goal! 
I didn't go. I, I weren't there for the um, for the Carling Cup. I, I was still playing at the time, so I um, I don't know because obviously I, it was a Sunday. I don't know if I had a game or couldn't quite get to it. But um, what well, definitely yeah. watched it on the telly and a uh, great occasion for for all the Blues fans and brilliant to to put sort of two thousand and four, I think it was, to bed and and and, and get our names on the trophy. It's great to be the only <laughs> West Midlands club to win a major trophy in high definition. <laughs> there you go. That's where it's all about. to that, definitely. Bragging rights. Bragging rights. Yeah, I was going to say on that um, on the League Cup final in two thousand and one, though I actually watched it the other week, and I still can't get my head around how David Ellery never gave a penalty with that second shot. It it, could, it couldn't have been any clearer. It's not. It's not one of those where it's half and half. You, you might have got to the ball. It could not have been any clearer. Even the commentators said straight away that's a penalty. Nah, he, he looked a penalty. Obviously, AJ with his pace and that, he just took him away. And I think it was it's uh, it weren't Sammy Hippie, it's Hencho, wasn't it? Stefan Hencho. Yeah, he, Stefan Hencho. He, yeah. he dived dived in on it, didn't he? And uh, it looked a definite pen. How many times, in especially in a cup final, do you get two penalties though in sort of yeah. sort of normal yeah. time and extra time? It's very rare. So personally, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? But David Ellery. Uh, David, David, we can't have Birmingham City in Europe. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. about right, definitely. But but we had, we had our chances in, on the penalty shootout as well, you know. But it's um, it just didn't quite work out. So I'm disappointed, obviously, with Grange and, and AJ missing. But um, they, they did their pit their bit to uh, to get us there, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I think I've got to say at this point, congratulations to Liverpool for winning the Premier League. What an absolute tremendous effort that's been this year. I know it's not Birmingham City, but you know. Credit where credit's due, man. They've done a mighty job, a mighty job at winning that. Well done. Nah. No, they did. Definitely, the, definitely the best side in the league this year, and probably last year as well. Just they just couldn't quite get over the line last year. So, if, uh, Jurgen Klopp's done brilliant for them. They're uh, they're an excellent side and probably deserve to win the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And with your penalties, Darren. Obviously, I always used to notice back in the day as well. Every time you took one, you'd have your back to the ball to start with, wouldn't you? And then turn round and, and do this fast run up. Yeah, I, I, it was something I'd done. I'd taken penalties since I was sort of ten years of age. Yeah, and um, I mean, my dad always said to me like, just, just get get yourself like a technique, get yourself a little the way to get yourself mentally right for it. And I just, I, as soon as I put the ball down, I always used to turn my back on the, on the on the goalkeeper. So there's no sort of looking at him. There's no eye contact between the two. Yeah, so sort of there's no mind games going on. And I always just. Knew where I was going to put it, and if the keeper went the right way and saved it, so be it. It's was, it was the way it was. Yeah. But I always did quite well. I had, I had a pretty decent record. I've, yeah, I've yeah. noticed. I've noticed, Darren, actually watching just a few of the penalties, including the one in the cup final. You generally, as well, you put it. You always put it to the keeper's left, as in your your right. You never came across your body. Was that was that something deliberate, or was that just? Um... No, not really deliberate. I think that that was probably my preferred way of going. I did go there quite a lot. But I think you have to. You have to sort of. I'd probably go there three or four times, and then obviously nowadays people people watch yeah. sort of the penalties. They've got analysts that do all that. So towards the end of my career, I started to change it that little bit more. But I always said, as long as you hit it right with the right pace, that the chances of the keeper saving it's not sort of nigh on zero, yeah. you know. And uh, mm. I was always, as I said, I was always pretty good at them. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Paul, any questions in from the listeners in the week, mate? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go over the game? Should we go over Saturday's game first? Oh, yeah. Go, let's do the game yeah. first, yeah. Go on. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about, talk, about, 
Sorry, go on. How can we, how can we go 1-0 down in two minutes, man? We've got to be sharper than that. We've got to be sharper than that. Well, and for everybody to jump uh, on that free kick, I don't know, do you, is, is that the plan or do you leave two, two lots of feet on the floor or what? I don't know. I don't know. Discuss. But, uh, obviously, when, we, um, when you talk about analysts and all that in the game nowadays, that is the, one of the first things that analysts look at. You know, obviously, one of them sort of penalties, what way the penalties go. But also, does a wall jump or not? You know, and I think Messi scored one a little while ago, about a year ago, doing exactly the same thing. If the wall jumps, play it underneath the wall, the keeper can't get anywhere near it. I mean, so, a credit to the lad, because he planted it in the right place, right? He scored the goal, obviously, and he, and he, and he, and he just, you know, confused our, our wall and that defensive line. So, you know, you've got to give credit where credit's due, because it was well-taken goal. They did, yeah. they did well, took it really well. So we just didn't. Time. We just we just didn't come out of the dressing room, did we? At the start, um, you know, and, and and the first half was just one to forget. That's the worst I've seen us play. You know what it reminded me, Paul? It reminded me of, of, of like they were like looking around, saying, "Where's the crowd?" Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I think I think I, I do. I do think they missed it. I, I really do. Yeah, they got him. They got him. I mean, I, obviously, I was I was commentating on the game for BBC West Midlands, and um, when I was watching the warm up for both sides. And Blues' warm-up was excellent. Everybody looked like they was at it. Confidence looked high. And Hull's warm-up was terrible. There was passes going astray. I looked at the turn. I thought, there's only ever going to be one winner here. And yeah. then as they came out, as they came out, the kickoff was terrible. They were, yeah. they were wide open. The whole of the first half they were playing, obviously Collan and, and Pedersen were playing so high. And they were just too open the first half. Mm. You know, and I think that's what, I think that's what cost them. Credit to him, though, for the second half, obviously. You know, we, we fought back there and, and, Be- and obviously Bella coming off the bench and made a huge difference. Yeah, I, I thought Bella was excellent when he came in. And I, I, I loved Crowley as well because Crowley was coming in and playing in little pockets that, that the whole yeah. midfield couldn't deal with. You know, yeah. and he sort of, for the first 25 minutes of the second half, he bossed the game and deserved his goal. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. And, 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 and Gary Gardner as well. It's good to see Gary Gardner getting forward and getting a couple of goals. And happy birthday yeah. to him today as well. His first Gary strike was birthday today. Yes, yeah, Gary Gardner's birthday as well, yeah. Oh, right, OK, cool. Happy birthday, Gary. 28! <laughs> 28. He's same age, same age as me. Well, same age as me next week when I turn 28, so that's kind of scary. That <laughs> so, Seems like he's been yeah, around for oh, 28 years. We've both been 28, haven't we, Chris? Pardon? Me and you have both been 28, haven't we? I've got underpants older than that. <laughs> just, just, just on Saturday. You've still got them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But just on Saturday, though, it was, Got to say it was to almost... Jimmy Burton in uh, Alicante. Hello, Jimmy. Uh, welcome to the Tilton Talk Show. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening. Nice one. Go on, Nat. It, you sort of saying, just on Saturday, it was almost like the players, they came out, it's almost like the life had been sucked out of them. Like, mm. even, before yeah. we, even before we conceded a goal after two minutes, we actually nearly conceded after 20 seconds when he's gone straight, <laughs> well, he's literally gone straight <laughs> nah. through. Now, have you seen the cardboard cutout of the lad with his hands like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. Only a blues, isn't it, eh? What a, but, what a sense of humour we've got, mate. But it's, it's, staffed, it's staffed that they can play so badly in the first half and then play just so much more energy in the second half, getting yeah. right into their faces. And as I said before we even came on, we made them look like the bad side that they actually are. But really, mm. I mean, we've got to be disappointed that we haven't actually... Won, won that game. I know obviously being 2-0 down initially, you'd take a point in the end, but when you've got a team like that there for the taking, we really shouldn't have started that badly. Um, and on, on Wednesday, I would probably, I don't know, definitely start Jeremy Bella. I think you've got to, because mm. they're Huddersfield, another team there for the taking. I think you've got to put your best players in the best positions. That means probably putting, obviously, Gary and 
Dan Dan in the middle together, get get your good players on the ball, and let's really take the game to them because we didn't do that on Saturday, and we obviously paid the price, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, any 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 team can have a bad a bad half, can't they? You know, it, it happens. I think the way the way they came out second half, they they just moved the ball a lot quicker. They got in at yeah. holes faces a little bit more, just played a little bit higher. But the little the little change of system was good as well. You know, with uh, obviously putting Bella wide, Crowley playing inside a little bit, and then um, obviously without having Kifton belled and and just having him sitting there. Sort of, I gave Gary Gardner and uh, and Bellingham that little bit, that little opportunity to play that little bit higher. So yeah, the, yeah. Just the little system tweaks was uh, was good, and it helped it helped us out and helped us get them back into the game. Mm, definitely, yeah, yeah. Serious question. Here we go. Right. Uh, look, thanks ever so much, Pep, for what you've done, and I've loved your interviews, and I've and I've loved your presence, and I've loved your applauding the fans after the game, and I've loved you walking into into the Accessory Blues area after the game and meeting, you know, our disabled supporters. And kind of, I've loved everything you've done. Um, but I'm going to ask you, how many is that? One, two, three, four people. <laughs> it's not hard to I'm going to ask you four people. Do you think, with Pep resigning at the end of the, of the season, do you think he should go now and we should get somebody in now and then we've got a a mini closed season to, to work with players and to, you know, perhaps bring in and, and take out? Good question. Go on, Paul. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's good managers available out there, like Chris Shooting, for example. Whether or not we would get him, I don't know, but he'd be my, he'd be my first choice personally. Um, and if he did want the job, then yeah, I'd put him in tomorrow, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I'd give him more time then to get to know the players and Obviously, the last whatever games are remaining now, he, he can obviously start to do the job sooner. And, and then, obviously, it gives him... I mean, we don't even know how long pre-season's going to be before next season, do we? We don't know when next season starts, so... It, it could be two weeks, it could be a month. We just don't know. I ain't got a it, it, exactly. So, you know, the sooner we can get that person in, yeah, the better for me personally, yeah, definitely. OK. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Nat? Um, I'll be brutally honest. I would sooner the club actually take their time getting the right person in, no matter how long that... Cause, We've actually got this bit of a window where we're probably not going to get relegated. Um, so I'd actually rather the club use the time to get the right person in. If they can come in maybe for the last couple of games and have a go with the players themselves, fantastic. But I think the key is rather than getting Pep out and getting somebody else in straight away, I would sooner the powers that be actually took their time going through each candidate and deciding, right, is this person the best person to take the club forward? Because I think the next, I mean, every managerial appointment's big, but I think the next one is absolutely massive. Bearing in mind yeah. the state of the club's finances, bearing in mind where football is generally, and bearing in mind the state of flux of teams in, they need they need to get this one right. So as soon as they actually take the time doing that more than anything. But okay, that, to that, do... that, what if it was Chris Darren? Shooting? What, sorry, go on. Go on, Paul. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say that to that. What if what if it was what if Chris Shooting wanted to come though and start tomorrow? Would you well, still? Yeah. It, look, if 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 they found the right candidate tonight and they wanted yeah. to start work tomorrow morning, then yeah, by all means, but. It's not as simple as saying, well, if we've got this person in, he's out of work, let's get him in tomorrow. Because Chris Shooting, for all we know, might not actually want the job in the first place. No, ex- exactly. Um, exactly, yeah. It's, it, a lot depends on who, who obviously, the replacement's going to be. That's that's the biggest thing. There's yeah. no point in, you know, there's no point in Pep going and bringing somebody else in. Because what you might but, what you might need to remember as well is that potentially the manager that we want might be, might be employed right now. I'm thinking maybe Lee Bowyer, for example. Yeah. It might be that we can't wait till the, we've got to wait till the end of the season before we get the... The person yeah. the board want in, you, you don't know until obviously the appointment's made. But as I said the key is not just simply getting Pep out to get somebody else in. Now it is we've got this bit of time where we're probably not going to get relegated. Um, we've got the window where we can actually just have a look, 
see who the best person is and then get them in in their own good time and just sooner we get to make a right decision rather than a quick one. Yeah, we've I appreciate had more managers. We've, we've had more managers in the last five years than, than we had in my first 20 years going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, Mad. Nick, yeah. Nick. Paul, I want to bring Darren in there because Darren's been in there in the dressing yeah. room. He's yeah. been in been in where you know where where it all happens. Yeah. Yeah. So Darren, what what are your thoughts? Um I'd I'd either way really. I I don't think it's gonna matter if Pep waits until the end of the carries on to the end of the season. I mean the big thing is getting the right person in. Um and the two names that have been mentioned, I think Hewitt would be brilliant. Um I also yeah. think Bo would be would be top class as well. Yeah. Um but the big thing for me is the person that comes in, he's got to know the players he wants to bring in. You know, yeah, right? Because pretty much the, the, the squad is what it is. The squad that's there, that's there is what's going to be carrying over till to, to next year. Mm. Apart from if obviously if Bellingham goes, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. But whatever the squad that's there is what's because I think everybody that's pretty much playing at the moment is in contract next year anyway. Yeah, you know, so. Basically, you've got that, and then you've got the opportunity to go and play, get get whoever the manager is, go and get yourself your four or five players that you want to make the side your own and develop it from there. But I think there's only going to be probably a two or three week window between the end of this season, then the break, and then coming back for pre-season that's what into, I'm into worried next about, yeah. year. So, yeah. it's, and, uh, and on the Jude Bellingham a, one, not, on the Jude Bellingham one, there's, uh, there's some news coming through from sources. But it's apparently, apparently, right, the due deal is done, 28 million to Dortmund. But that is a rumour. That is a rumour. That is not a club statement. Right. 28 million. um, I mean, actually, in a way, the money that we get for due, we could be one of the very few clubs this summer that actually have any money to spend at all. And we could have Booker Pies back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but the, the key, the key is if we if we have got a bit of money there to spend, unlike most clubs, um, getting the right manager and actually being allowed to bring in his own players, it becomes even more imperative because we actually we might be in a uniquely strong position mm. the next season. I know obviously it's going to be Sandis and Jude, but with that money, we potentially bring in four or five good players and build yeah. a real size good squad. What's your thoughts on the Daily Mail? Um, they're, they're they're crawling all over Fowler at the minute. Well, again, he's, he's where did they get that? Level. Where did they get that from? The daily fail, <laughs> mail, 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 fail. Yeah, where did where did they get that from? Where that story from? <laughs> something called yeah, tilt. Robbie, something called tilt and talk. We got credit for that. It was Mr. Savage <laughs> for the week who mentioned Robbie Fowler to us as as a potential candidate for the for the Blues job. And me personally, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, he's a big name in the game. Um, and, you know, he's done a decent job in Australia, as far as I know. I don't watch Australian football, but as far as I know, he's done all right there. But whether or not he'd, um, he'd come in and do any good, who knows? But, you know, let, let's if he comes in, obviously, like anybody else, I'll back him and hope he does well. Right. There was, okay. there was, talk, there was talk the weekend that, um, that the club had approached Stephen Gerrard as well. That was a... Yeah. He's not leaving Rangers right now. No, no, no I, I, don't, I don't think he would. He, <laughs> I, I think he's hanging on for, obviously... For the Liverpool one in sort of three or four years' time, but mm. um, but that, that, there, there was talk of that. Mm. I think I think he needs. I think Stephen Gerrard he will he will not be leaving Rangers until he wins a few trophies. Um, I think if he if he left Rangers now without actually winning anything, I know obviously um, obviously I watch him pretty regularly. Mm. The clubs prove massively, but he still needs to win things. Yeah, Nat, think of this though, right? Okay, think of this scenario, and it is a scenario, right? Let's assume he left Rangers, come to Blues, gets, his, gets the promotion that we all desire and we all love and we all want, yeah? How much more credibility would that then give him 
to get the Liverpool job in three or four when Jurgen Klopp says, you know what, I've done what I've done here. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be brutally honest. Um, with regards to obviously Gerard, just in Liverpool in particular, generally his status is that high. I don't think it. I don't think he could do his credibility any any. Well, I don't think he get any more credibility than he already has got with the Liverpool fans. Um, but as I said, winning winning a league title, putting Rangers basically back on back on the club's perch. Um, I think that's still a more attractive proposition than taking over a Championship side who potentially might be challenging for promotion. Yeah. But that's just. Yeah, you got to remember. <clears throat> I know, obviously, the club... scenarios. I know, I know, it's like it, it, this and that and the other, like, and but you know, it would it wouldn't after his credibility a lot of good. Anyway, Leonard Edgington's on from Queensland in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Hi God. to everybody at the talk, talk show from Queensland, Australia. I think it's about four, between four and five o'clock in the morning. There, and he gets yeah. up every week. Bless him. Uh, maybe Robbie Fowler is on his way to Blues? Question mark. Keep right on. Hmm. I think what, whatever we do, we've tried it before, haven't we? We've tried everything. We've tried the experienced manager. We've tried a big name in the game. We've tried an unproven manager. You know, so whatever we do, we haven't tried it before. So let's just hope whatever they do next works out. Eh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a lot of questions to get through, Paul. Sorry, Darren, you was going to say something then, mate. No, I, 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 I think whoever it's going to be, it's got to be someone that's got blues and the fans and that at their heart, you know, because yeah. I mean, there's... Because they need to have that affiliation with the fans because it's, it's a massive part of what the football club's all about. So yeah. I think somebody's got to, got, to be, got to embrace that side of it. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So from Linda. We... Linda says, uh, I say crouch for next manager. Jeremy, come on, Blues! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, 28 million under friendly versus Dortmund. Would you take it? Dortmund away, definitely. Yeah, Dortmund at been... home as well. Home and away. Come on, I, let's do it. I wouldn't mind a trip to northern Germany after all this. Um, Dusseldorf's the next biggest city along for Dortmund. That is a great drinking city. So You'll yeah. come back infected. I just hope there's a salon clause as well, because he, he's probably going to go even higher than Dortmund, isn't he? I would have thought as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, um, and Sam, Sam Minute is saying, uh, apparently I've heard today that we've uh, got Jude for another 12 months. So it, it is speculation, and I, and I absolutely have to state that because... I've been caught out once before, and I'm not going to get caught out again. It is speculation. It is hearsay. It is rumour. But, you know, 28 million to Dortmund. Mm, would it be a bad deal? That would mm. be an excellent deal. I think, again, 30 million. deal for a 16, 17-year-old. Sorry, dude. 17, mm. mate. Sorry. I'm sorry, mate. 17-year-old. <laughs> you, you know yeah. what? I mean, what would Trevor Francis be worth nowadays? Well, there you go. In his prime. That's going to set him and his family up for life, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And from a football footballing point of view, I think it's the better move for him in the end as well. Because if he'd gone to somewhere like Man United, he's just another player um, in a dressing room full of stars. And with the greatest respect, even with these producers' talent, getting getting in the head of the likes of you know Paul Pogba, um, Bruno Fernandes is going to be very very tricky. Where I think there's probably more of a chance at Dortmund, where they are used to bringing players in, um, Jaden Sancho being the perfect example, getting them playing every week, and he's come on leaps and bounds. And I hope for Jude's case, that's the same as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, if he's going to go, look, you know what? We know at heart he loves the Blues, yeah? We know that, and he'll always be a Blue Nose, and he'll always, he'll always come back and make the odd appearance now and then. And um, we, we will always thank him and, and, and be grateful that he's come through our academy system at 17 years. At 17, get this into your head. At 17 years old, you've worked an estimated £28 million. Pounds. Mm. I've never seen £28 million quid in my life. Huh? No. <laughs> 
Darren, I was going to say, what, what was your transfer fee when you were a 17 year old? Yeah, good question. Oh, I, 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 there was talk about a million quid, but I, in the end, I went to Oxford for 100 grand. So <laughs> scary, isn't it? <laughs> Just come on. Right, I, was playing in, I was playing in League Two at the time. So there you go. That's the difference. <laughs> but listen, I've, I've watched it. I've, I watched him at his debut. I probably, I think he made 38, he's made 38 appearances. I've probably watched about 25 of them over the last year and it's been brilliant just watching him grow because he's 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 experienced and the way he uses his body at times his passing ability his his foot his techniques excellent i i think 28 i think 28 million is a, a great deal for for blues mm, you know with a sell on clause as well because i think i think he's every chance he'll go out there for a year or two and be sold for sort of 60, 70 million back to the yeah. Premier League to someone. And that's what annoys me is that yeah. we can't get on to him for that, for that two years and, and then we can't get that money. But, but on the other hand, I think there's every chance Judah still be at Blues next year. You yeah. were, sorry? I, I think Judah be at Blues next year. Right. I've just got a the, funny feeling. The, the, way, the way the economy is, the way football is at the moment, I just don't think somebody's going to go out and play, lay out £28 million at this moment in time for, for Jude as a 17-year-old lad. I don't know, listen, he's got great we've got potential. Sorry? The exciting bit is we've got his younger brother to look forward to as well. Yeah, yeah. Apparently his younger brother's even better. I know, I know. I've seen some videos on you. I tell you what, look it look up. Wow. I mean, oh my God. Dar- Dar- I mean, Darren, you mentioned there the way he plays in terms of how he's grown um, and he's, he's obviously the way he actually uses his body and almost plays like a, like a much older player. Yeah. One thing yeah. I've noticed compared to Probably, say other guys at his sort of age are coming to the team maybe have to be a bit protected by some of the harder senior pros um, you probably even had a couple of players like yourself you've had to nurture he doesn't need protecting which uh, is incredible no. you know I, I know what I like about him his, his game understanding is excellent but he can play any position I've seen him play as a holding midfielder as an eight up and down yeah. as a wide player I've seen him play as a ten I've seen him play as a centre forward he can play any of them positions. He's yeah. he's got he's got everything. He's a, he's a great player. He's a great young. Yeah, player. yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a rare talent. He's new players like that coming yeah. on once the blue moon. Uh, I easy. think the best, best thing for him though, Paul, he's got his head on his shoulders as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it question time anyway? Yes, it must be. Yeah. Yes, get, get some questions. So we have um, Darren. We have a, we ask our viewers every week uh, just to put out any questions that, to ask you as well. Um, so. The first one we've got is from um, is from Cole Newton, Cole William Newton, friend of the show. Um, he's asking you what really happened with Trevor, Trevor Francis, and that training ground broken arm injury. Well, back in the day, we always Trevor, even at 40, 50 years of age as manager, Trevor was still a great player. Yeah, you know, and he's joining twice, three times a week, joining the five sides, and we always had a little pact as like as players against him, as you do with your manager. We used to we used to kick lumps out of him a little bit, and we used to um, and we used to hate him scoring, you know. And we'd obviously we'd kick him, we'd try and stop him scoring, but he was still excellent. And at the, at sometimes you couldn't get anywhere near him, but it's one day obviously he'd sort of ch- chuck it through your legs and have a little chuckle up, and um, and it, he's hit this shot, and some, I, I just said I'm not going to let him score, and I've just dived and tipped it around the post. And as I've done that, I wasn't in goal or anything like that. I was, it was just playing a little fight. I just didn't want him to score. I tipped him around and I just felt this sharp pain in my wrist straight away. Oof. So I got I got up, sort of shook it, shook it off. This is not right here. I just ran straight off the training pitch, right down to the uh, to the physio room. To um, I think it was John Price was a physio at the time. And I just said, Price, me, me, me arms, I, broke, I think I broke the arm. Went up, had the, had the x-ray sort of an hour later and... 
and that was it. I was out for six weeks. It was uh, weren't great. I've got the. I, uh, I wish I got him score. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the uh, newspaper report here as well from from the actual newspaper report at the time, and it said it said uh, Francis admitted the loss of the former Oxford United Oxford United ace. It was attracted the interest of Arsenal. Was a big blow to the club after an impressive start to the season. Yeah, I, I was going to actually ask that. One of the stories I remember as a kid um, was when you actually were linked with Arsenal around the time that I don't know if it was it just paper talk or was there actually I, did you I, hear I, anything I more that, concrete in it? I, I think there was there was there was definitely talks. Um, I think it all came about when Tony Adams retired, and they, they asked him a question: Who would you who would you sign to replace you? And he said me, which was which was brilliant for me because. <laughs> That's, because, I'll tell you what, that's a heck of a compliment. I know, but Tony Adams was my idol as a kid. I was, I was yeah. a youngster, a sort of 12, 13, 14. I was a, I was a sort of played for Arsenal as a, as a youngster. And I always used to get tickets to go down to Highbury. And I'd go down just specifically to watch him play. Yeah. You know? So he, for him to say that was excellent. And I think, I think there was talk, but I think he was one of them. I think Blues wanted six million and Arsenal were offering two million or something like that. So... There was four million pounds difference, so it, it was never gonna, it was oh, never gonna work out. I mean, I, I was gonna say, Darren, if the club were pricing you out of a deal to go to Arsenal, I mean, I'm a Blues fan, but if that were, if that were me in your shoes, and the club were saying, no, we want too, you don't want too much money, I would be kicking off because <laughs> that's yeah. essentially you know, a life, that's that's I a was, life, that's essentially a life changing move. I was never into the, the money. Never motivated me as a footballer. I just wanted to play at the yeah. highest level I could. And I just, I just wanted to play football. I loved yeah. playing football, and that was part of the reason why I think I left Blues to go to West Brom a little bit because, obviously, I wasn't getting enough game time with Kenny and Matty Upson in there. I'd sort of, I'd spent sort of the the third year of us being in the Premier League. I'd spent a lot of time on the bench, and I just, I think me and Brucey had a chat, and it just, it just, it was time to move on because I just wanted to play football, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that's what motivated me more than anything was. Was playing football and, and and winning things rather than rather than the money and, and the fame and that sort of stuff. I was. I was Bruce good with you though? Was he fair with you? I, he was. He was all right. I, I, I think there was a little bit of a grudge there because I think I was brought in to replace Brucey as a twenty-one-year-old. And <laughs> but but on the other hand, I, I, I learned more in the six months playing with Brucey when I signed in the February to the end of the season. I learned more in them six months of playing alongside him. Than I've learned at any other time in my career. He was he was yeah, superb. He was brilliant nice to play yeah. alongside, and, and as a manager, yeah. he was he was good to play for as well. I mean, yeah, Darren, yeah. I think I'm right in saying. Obviously, I know you played most of the, at least the, the first part of our first season in the Premier yeah. League. And did you suffer? You suffered quite a bad in, an injury, didn't you? And that's why did Bruce then go out and get Matty Upson? Was that the reason? Yeah, the reason why I, went out I, and um, I, it was an inter- I think it was like the October November international so, break, and obviously we'd started the season. I, I was playing really well. And I, my ankle really started niggling away, and I was sort of, I was going. I was I weren't training. I was pl- training on a Friday and playing on a Saturday, and it just weren't right. So it got to the international break, and I went in. I had an operation on the Sunday morning after a Saturday game, and it all cleaned out. And I was supposed to be back playing within two weeks. So for the international break, I was having the operation, a little washout, and I was going to get back. Um, it go- came to the weekend after. I just started doing a little bit of running on the ankle. Um, and the Saturday night, my ankle just exploded. I had all sort of yellow pus chucking Oof. out of it and everything like that. Sunday morning again, so a week after the operation, went in to the hospital and I had like septicemia. I had infection of the blood and I had to have another operation to, to do it. And I was 
for what was going to be two weeks out, I was ended up being out for about three and a half, four months. Yeah. So it sort well, of killed me season a little bit. And then he signed yeah. Matty Upton and it was sort of between the three of us, me, Kenny and Matty who played. And I think Brucey preferred them, them to a little bit more than what he did with me. And I, yeah, and I think, yeah. to be fair, Darren, it's probably not even personal against you when you stuck with Kenny and Matt, because with the greatest respect, when they when they obviously got together, they clicked straight away. And once you get a partnership like that, you don't really want to tear it apart for anyone, do you? I think it helped because they was obviously left side and right side as well. Yeah. yeah. Kenny, I think Kenny at the time was, was captain. Um, so it, it, it was tough. I think, obviously, I think I, I played in the, we had three years in the Premier League and I think I was, I played about 70 odd games. Um, mm. which, which weren't bad, but obviously from someone who, obviously before the injury, I, 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 I had high aspirations of, of, of going on and, 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 and sort of being re- doing really well. So it, it is what it is. And I, I said, I don't have much, any grudges. I've, I had a, I had a, pre- a pretty decent career and, and loved every minute of it. Yeah. One from Brenda Brown. Darren, come down and watch the Blues games. And do you go to any away games? Also, when you heard the song Keep Right On, uh, how did it make you feel with us fans singing that? I, I, I don't think there's a there's a better a better song and a better set of fans to sing a song. I think if you go to, you see it on YouTube, before the, the Wuthering Cup final in 2001, Incredible. If, you hear the, if you hear the fans oh, in the atmosphere yeah. singing it there, oh. it, honestly, it makes you, yeah, the hairs are standing up right now. I do. So it, <laughs> It's, it's unbelievable it, when you hear it, you know. Is that the so beginning? Is that the funny. beginning with um, with um, the cops singing as well, with um, uh, Liverpool fans singing at the same time? That's that's yeah, quite. Yeah. Oh, that's loud. That just, was just was, before it, it, just before the national anthem. Isn't that's it. it yeah, it was. yeah. Spang, Spang, it's brilliant. But I, I, the Blues fans definitely outsung the Liverpool fans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were whispering. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was amazing. Yeah, um, next one, Greg. Greg Mann's asking in the Wellington Cup final when you scored the penalty in injury time. You and AJ went to take your tops off, then stopped. Was there a reason for that? I do, I, obviously, I, do, I don't know if you see it. In the World Cup final, it's about four minutes delay while Martin O'Connor and Grange get, yeah. are getting treatment. So I knew I was taking a penalty. I just went and grabbed the ball and just went and stood over on the halfway line. And even now, you, so I think back to it, it's like a surreal moment where there's like 80,000 fans, all the players... And I was just stood on the halfway line with no, without anybody around me, sort of 20, 30 yards, just thinking where, where, where I was going to put the penalty. Yeah. You know? And then I was also thinking what the celebration was going to be like. You know? And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take my top off. And then I thought, and then, and then I thought, I can't do that because I'd been, I think I'd been booked early in, early on in the game. Uh, so as I scored, and I was going to take the top off, and I thought, no, I can't do that. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I just turned around and pointed to me back. So it was <laughs> random. Two things, two things about that celebration, Darren. One, I noticed straight away when you celebrate, you don't actually smile that much. You just kind of, it's almost like you're fixated. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and in fairness as well, I think if you'd taken your top off, because I think we, had to, we then went down to 10 men because we used all three subs and obviously Martin went off. I think David Ellery would have been lynched had, yeah, he, had yeah. he sent you off as well and yeah. sent us down to nine. I think, I think Martin O'Connor, for that extra time, and he, he couldn't move. But he broke up so many of Liverpool's attacks just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you know yeah. He, he was excellent. He probably played in a ten by ten little square because he was hobbling around for thirty minutes. But he was he was quality. Yeah, yeah, you know, legend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, next one. Well, next question from Ray Hobro. Um, so basically, he's asking, what does Darren have um, that you kept or swapped from an opponent during your football career? Uh, 
that's probably one of my biggest biggest regrets. I think. Um, obviously, when when we was playing in the Premier League and stuff, I never I was never one for swapping shirts. I was never one for going to like Rooney, Van Nistelrooy, and Henri and all that and, and swapping shirts. Who? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I wish I'd done it now because looking back on it, I've probably got about a dozen shirts of of different players. Like I've got Jamie Carragher's from the Wolverhampton Cup final there up in 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 one of my rooms and and things like that. But yeah, I was never one for swapping shirts. I, I I was one. Of, I was on the same pitch as them, so they should have asked me for my shirt rather than the other way around. If you know, what I mean. <laughs> I'm at your level, it, mate. It, it, it never, it never sat right with me to swap things. But then looking back on it now, and obviously when my kids grow, growing up, did you play against him, Dad? And you say, yeah. Have you got his shirt? No. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you look back on it now and think maybe I should have done. But yeah, it is, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, what, yeah, you've yeah, got, you've, what you've also got, you've, you've got not only the memories, but there are the videos, the YouTubes, and one thing that. They're all out there. They're all in the public mm. domain. And uh, how many kids have you got, by the way? Uh, well, I've got five. Five? five. I've, I've, got three, I've got three in the own and two stepkids. So. Yeah, they're all, they're all, they're, got five. You've got five. <laughs> I've, got, I've got enough. And, um, yeah. You know what? When they grow up and, and, and they have kids themselves, yeah? They'll be able to look back and say, "This was my granddad. This is your granddad. Sorry, this is your granddad. That was your granddad playing hey, in yeah. a major I, I, cup final." Don't don't leave, don't wish me life away yet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> and they'll be, think, they'll be not thinking, they'll be thinking, they'll be thinking, why didn't you keep all them shirts? <laughs> Aaron, how old are you? Uh, Forty-three. Forty-three. On the other end, I've got a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old, so I don't think grandkids are going to be too far around the corner. Look, look, yeah, yeah. Grand, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm younger than Chris Brown. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it, would you? Look at him. No, definitely not. Nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so Adam, Wel- Adam Wilts is asking, um, do you remember stepping out on the balcony at the council house in the city centre and soaking up the atmosphere and singing Keep on with the Blues fans in Centenary Square after we got promoted in Cardiff? Not really. No, I don't. I don't, really, I don't remember it too much. I, I, I remember little bits of it, but yeah, I was, I was, I was never big on the, the celebrations. I was always sort of one that stood at the back and just let everybody else get on with it. because yeah. there was a few days between, obviously the final and then obviously the celebrations in the mm-hmm. centre of town. I was going to say some of those players, maybe yourself included, they must have been out for those three days. They probably don't remember a thing. Oh, definitely. I, I, we definitely was out on a on a, a couple of day bender for definitely. You know, with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with the players we had in the side as well, with Hawks and people like that, they drink as well. So yeah, yeah, we were definitely out celebrating. But yeah, I can't remember too much. I remember I remember being on the bus and obviously doing the bus tour and sort of the, the little route and that. But yeah, um, mm. it's it's not something that really sticks out in my mind. I, I always remember the games rather than the, the yeah. celebrations. Yeah, yeah. And um, Mark Andrew Adams is asking, um, what was more gutting, losing the Worthington Cup final to Liverpool or missing out on the playoff final through suspension? Um, losing, the, losing the Worthington Cup final, I think. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, I'm taking all the credit for us getting promoted because in the Sheffield United game where I got sent off, we, um, which was He's before the real game. <laughs> it was through on goal. It was 1-0 up. It was through on goal and I brought him down and I got obviously a straight red for, for a professional foul. But I think mean, there's about ten minutes to go, and I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, if I had be time again, I'd do it again, you know, because the, the bigger picture was getting promoted as a team rather than any individual glory. Yeah, just, yeah. As a, as, a, as a defender, then Darren, your natural instinct kind of kicks in, and you don't think about oh, I could miss this game or that game. It's more like you just want to make sure that he doesn't score. Um, no, definitely. But, that was it. It was just obviously bring him down and 
deal with the consequences. And, uh, right, here you go. Here you go. How would you feel if you was a striker? <laughs> what do you mean? And you had that chance to put your team into that final or, or to get promotion or what have you, and somebody just hacked the back out of you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really give a flying monkey is what a chef is about. <laughs> 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 to be fair, it's one of the, obviously when my, finals, my final was the, the two Millwall games, you know, and obviously... I was a Millwall fan back in the world, still am a Millwall fan. And um, yeah. to, to play in them two games were, were, were brilliant for me. And obviously the atmosphere on both occasions. And I think I, I sort of played in them games as if they was my final, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it, it was good for me to, to play in both of them. I th- yeah, I think just because of the way we'd actually missed out in the playoffs as well, it was ac- it was just as massive winning those, well, winning over those two games as getting into the, as actually winning the final because when season after season, we missed out in the playoffs, always at the semis. And to, to quite frankly, some teams that weren't as good as us on paper by any stretch, Darren, it almost became like a hoodie that we had to break. Yeah. No, we, we, we had to. And obviously, it was great that we obviously did it a fourth time of asking, wasn't it? Obviously, I think yeah. the games, you look, look at the games we lost in the uh, in the playoff semi final, getting beat 4 0 at home by Barnsley was a random result. You yeah. know, and obviously, getting beat by Preston on penalties. Um, you know, the, the, probably the only one we deserved to lose was the, the, the Watford game. I, I thought they were the, the better side at that, at that moment in time, and we just started to we just started to grow as a as a team by then, and uh, yeah, and we thoroughly deserved it the year we did get promoted. On yeah. that press on that Preston shootout, obviously the one where we lost in the semi. What yeah? What actually? What was it like as a player when you've got Trevor Francis trying to pull you off? Because obviously there was all the hoo about yeah. which end it was. You can't, you can't you can't blame that for the for the penalty misses, and that was obviously one of the penalties that I missed at the post. But um, yeah, I, I'd never blame that for the penalty. He was just trying to get his point across because I think before the game they'd agreed to do it because I think they was redeveloping the end <coughs> behind one of the goals, yeah. and they'd agreed to do it at that end. But then all of a sudden, the referee, I, I think, by police advice, I think they'd have done it at the other end. They was worried about spectators coming on the pitch. So um, the police said that you've got to do it at the other end. And I think that's why Trevor was kicking up such a fuss. But that wasn't the reason we, we got promoted. We just took poor penalties. Did it, did, did it unnerve you slightly, though? Because, like, you know, you look at... I mean, like, when you look at Trevor's face when that happened, yeah? Do you know what? That guy was all over the place. He was incensed. He was absolutely mad. And did that have any effect on you, do you think, at all? Even even a slighter man? It, it, it may have had an effect on, it, on, on a couple of others. It didn't affect me. I, I knew what I was going to do and... I was probably in chat. I was I was an in chat in what I did. You know what I mean? Hit the post rather than hitting the inside of the post, and that was that was it. I did. I, it's one of them when you talk about penalties. I'd hit it true enough, but at the end of the day, it sort of it hit the post instead of uh, instead of it in the back of the net, and and that was yeah, the way I looked Trevor at things doing so. that at the time. Sorry, did you agree with what Trevor was trying to do at the time? Make that point and make that stand because that agreement oh. had been made. Yeah, I I I. I, 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 I I do agree with what Trevor was trying to do, but then also no. I do agree with what the police, the police, and the way that they, yeah, that's the, the reason they were doing it, you know, because there was there was a safety issue to to, to think about. So yeah. I, was, I, I understand it, and it's, as I said, there's no point crying about it. It, it was it happened, and you and you get on with it. I was going to say, you said there's no point crying about it. It's probably one of the very few games I will never watch back because it brings really? back so much. Because oh, yeah. I was only I was only a kid back then. Um, but oh, to give you a context, Darren, I was that upset the next day. I was meant to go because the next day was a Friday. I was meant to go in the school. Dad said you in no state, you stay at home. Yeah, it was, but a it, was it was horrible. Oh, I mean, yeah, you just yeah. I, mean, I just think about it more I than your anything. Dad got fined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I, I was 22 then, and it was horrible for me and all. It wasn't yeah, a nice horrible. experience. Well, what, what, 
Yeah, it's obviously always horrible, isn't it? After a long, hard season, getting into the playoffs. You know, we worked so hard to get to where we were. And then obviously to miss out, you know, in the semi-finals was just gut-wrenching, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think the context of that, the context of that night where even in the last minute normal time, when we're actually going through anyway, and stands obviously rounded the goalie, and then yeah. even if you just even if you just boots it into the car park, yeah. we'd go through because we'd regroup. But he's obviously not even put it out of play; he's literally just trickled he along it the across goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then was that was that the first year as well that um, away goals didn't count, did they? I can't I honestly can't I remember. So, if yeah. I remember rightly, I think that was the first year that away goals didn't count. I think yeah, I think you're right. With, even with their goal, I think we'd have uh, we'd have gone yeah. through on away goals. Yeah, that's right. That is, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I always, but I always remember that goal. If he booted straight into the car park, it'd be obviously a goal kick. A few seconds would have been killed. Blues yeah. would have regrouped, and we because it stayed in play. Obviously, Blues were all Blues blows were all over the shot. Yeah, just they've just whacked the ball up and scored, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, moving moving on to the next question. So Siobhan Kenny's asking. You were with Blues for five to six years, um, and then went to play for West Bromwich Albion for a year. Do you, do you, sorry, who do you prefer, Blues or Albion, when it comes to playing style? And if you could play for either one today, who would you choose? Oh, I'd be Blues all day. <laughs> 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 I was going to say it's going to be about. There's going to be about there's fifteen thousand no, people listening to this. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no comparison. Listen, I, I, when I signed for West Brom, I, Gary Megson was the manager, and. Um, I, I loved playing for Gary Meggs and he was excellent. But I played like the first 25, 26 games of the season. I was captain and then Brian Robson came in and just never see eye to eye with him. We, we never got on. and I think I ended up missing the last 10 games of the season because, um, yeah, we just, we just never got on as a, as, a, as, a, as a player and as a manager. But that was the way. But, yeah, obviously, I only spent a year at West Brom, so there's, there's no real comparison when you spend... Mm. Seven years or, or however long it was with, with Blues and play over 200 games and you spend a year on yeah. the club, there's, there's definitely no comparison. The only, the only comparison I could probably make is obviously I spent four years at Cardiff yeah. um, and, I, and I loved Cardiff. Cardiff was a great club to play for. So if I, if I had to pick two clubs, I'd, 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 I'd have my time again. It'd be Cardiff and Blues. Yeah, sure. And Benjamin Jackson's asking, out of these two England internationals you played against, which one was more challenging? Was it Michael Owen or Alan Shearer? Um, I, I probably, I'd say Michael Owen. I was, I was always, I, I preferred to play against someone who was big, physical, and yeah, and, and the, the little tricky sort of players that were sort of quick, and I sort of struggled a little bit more with. So I preferred a bit more of a, a physical battle. So yeah, I'd, I'd say Michael Owen more than Alan Shearer. Sure, no problem. Um, and just a couple from me. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what was the what was the best captain or manager team taught you experienced to get us out of a bad situation um, during your time with the Blues? Is there anything you can remember are when you, we're sort of losing a game and then to come back? Are you allowed to? Are we allowed to swear? I won't swear, no. but something's a little bit <laughs> no. near the knuckle. No, no, no not swear. <laughs> no, no. So I can't say the best one. It was with, when we'd. Um, no, I can't say it then. It's not. It's not swearing, though. It's a bit sexual. That's okay. Go on. <laughs> right, yeah. Chris Brown, this is your decision. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the, the best one, and you'll laugh, it was, we, we'd just beaten, I think we'd just beaten, um, I'm trying to think of the game. It, it was a home game in the playoffs, and we'd yeah. won. Right? And as we walked into the changing room, 
Frank Burrows was the was the assistant and um, under Trevor, and he'd written on the board, "Let's not uh, let's not start sucking each other's dicks yet." As if to say, <laughs> as if to say, we've done nothing. We've just won the first yeah. leg of the playoff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what, what game it, it, it must have been the Watford game or one of them games, but. It was literally just as we walked in, we'd won the game, everybody was going mad, but it was only half time in the picture. Only half time. And, and that's what he'd put on the board. Don't start sucking each yeah. other's dicks yet, because we've done nothing. So, oh, no, you no, can't, say, like you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it would have been, pre- been, been the press to one of them. Of course, we're going to go mad tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to be, we're gonna be like the Birmingham city of the F Alpha Listen, I'll, t- I'll, take all, I'll take all the responsibility for it. We'll blame you. It must have been Preston. It must have been Preston because looking back, I don't think we, we we went into the second leg winning any of the others. Yeah, it probably probably was Preston. And obviously we was at home first game in a way. Yeah. Watford, Watford, we played away first and then we was home second game, weren't we? Yeah. That must have been a Preston game, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Shame, and it, was... shame it didn't work. No, it didn't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, who was the best player you played with and against throughout your career? Uh, best player I played with was at Blues, and I think pretty much everybody that played with him was Christoph Gary. Yeah, you know he was he was phenomenal. Uh, listen, I never I never see eye to eye with Christoph. He was never he was never my best pal. We argued all the time, but what he did that year when he came in in the January to the end of the season to keep us up that first year, I don't think there's any player could. Could have that sort of uh, uh, impact on a football team. Um, I don't think you'll see it again because he was phenomenal. What a, a must boost for you, you know, you guys as players, and you're, you're in, you're, you're down the bottom half of the table, and, and we go and bring in somebody of that calibre, right? It was won a World Cup, and, and it must have been just such a massive inspiration to your. No, he was because he brought the best out of everybody else as well. Like when you look at he's and Jeff Horsfield's. Like the when they played together, the, the goals that they scored, the way they played off each other, you know, and obviously Devs and the way that he played off him, it, I, I just think he just gave everybody such a lift and such a, such a buzz to to be playing with him, and and he, and he literally he was phenomenal in training. He was brilliant. What I didn't get with him was he's that from after that he signed a two year contract, and we never see the best of him again. You know, but if you remember them six months from, from the January that he came in, he, he, you couldn't. There's not a better player that's played for Blues in, that no. I've seen play anyway. No, me neither. Uh, and against, um, I've all, I always I always say it's from when I've played against. I was lucky, lucky enough to play against like Henri Van Nistelrooy, Bergkamp, and people like that. You know, played against some some of the top players. But on the day that I played against, I remember playing at Chelsea away with West Brom, um, and we were three 0 down after twenty minutes. And Zola was just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get anywhere near him. And him, Johnson was playing up top, and he was playing in that little pocket in behind him. And yeah, we we got nowhere near him, and uh, he tore us a new one. So um, for the day that we played against him, I'd, I'd say Zola. Yeah, and um, Shane wasn't quite as good a manager. <laughs> exactly, exactly the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And who was your football idol growing up? Tony Adams. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't touch on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, as I said, to, to, lucky enough to be as a centre half to to watch him play and just yeah. the way he played the game. He was never the he was never the greatest footballer in the world, but he made the best of his of his ability for his attitude and his leadership. And I tried to. Yeah, he was an outstanding. as much as I could. 
Great, great player. And who, who, who would you say? Who would you say? Who would? Sorry, go on, Nick. Question just coming from Sam Wallet. I want to try and keep a few live ones going as well. Yeah, go on. Uh, go on. He's he's asking. Uh, can you explain the tunnel fight? Yeah, but the, it was Christoph. Christoph the game. We, we were. I can't. The game was Everton at home. We were we were three one up. It was the, like literally last kicks of the game, and. I think the right there, right back, I don't know who it was, but had gone on an overlap. And, and Christoph hadn't tracked his runner. So on the pitch, I basically said, do as you're told, track the runner and all that. And he started giving it a load of... And this was the difference between Christoph when, obviously, he was on fire and Christoph when he'd signed his two-year contract and he'd started to, to sort of fob it off a little bit. He said, oh, I won the World Cup, man. I don't need to track runners and all that. And I, and I just said to him, I said, you're in, I said, you're in this team. You do, I don't give a crap what you've done. I said, you track the runner or don't, or just bugger off. And in the tunnel after the game, he, he stood there and we, there were, there were punches thrown. And, and we sort of, it, it was sort of Christoph, Oliver Tivoli and Alu Cisse. And then it was like me, <laughs> Grange, Gilly and people like that. And it sort of, it sort of kicked off, a couple of punches thrown, broken up. In the changing room, Bruce he said he's peace, and and that was that. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Christoph played too many games after that. He's, I think the next mm. summer he went, next summer he went away for pre-season and never came and did a pre-season, and that was it. He sort of, uh, sort of, he, his career at Blue sort of petered away. But don't, even though I never got on with him, he was still a phenomenal player. Mm. I, mean, I, I said things, this last then, week. Uh, Pete Taylor says Tony Adams celebrated his birthday in my mum and dad's pub, same birthday as me. And a question from Mark Adams, would you like to have played abroad? Well, I did play, I played abroad for a, a, a bit. When I was 17, when I was at Orient. Yeah, but went, Oxford's not abroad, mate, come on. No, when, I was, when I was 17 at Orient, I went and played in Finland for two months during during the summer, so that I could keep my fitness up and all that. Obviously, I made my debut in the, like, February, uh, got to the end of the season, and rather than just having a few weeks off, I went over to Finland and played played over there for a couple of months. So I did that then. And then at the end of my career, I finished up at, at Port Vale. Obviously, we won promotion to, to League One with Port Vale. Um, and I couldn't find a club. And then the same team, um, I still kept in touch with the chairman and that. He rang me up and said, Percy, what are you doing? Do you want to come over and, and play for us for the last sort of three months of the season? So I went over and, and played over there again for the last mm. Yeah, sorry, we've got a good live question here as well from John Turlin. He's just asking, does VA, do you think VAR helps or hinders defenders? Defender. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't particularly like VAR anyway. I, I liked it when the referees, if they made a mistake, that was it. You know, you, people make mistakes, players make mistakes, and there's going to be goals. Mm. You know, I, I don't particularly like, I think, I think there's, if we're going to do VAR, I think there should be, what, each team, each half gets one opportunity to 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 call it, like similar mm. to to yeah. cricket. You know, if you think there's an injustice done, like a penalty, you stop the game as a manager and say, "Look, I want that looked at," and that's it. If if the referee looks at it and thinks it's not a penalty, then you lose your you lose your your life. You know. Mm. So, I just wish Darren, I just wish Darren, we'd have had it card if when AJ went down. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say, Darren, you're probably spot on there because like, the perfect scenario where that sort of comes in, that sort of throw that you call it when you need it would have been the Sheffield United against the Villa um, the other week, where yeah, their players... That's a goal. Their yeah, players no. are all claiming... Can I, did, you, did you say a foot? 
the five letter word then that, that, that is worse than the word that Darren said earlier. I never heard it. I never heard it. On this Did you okay. do it? No, no, I said when Sheffield United Browning, scored that goal, scored then down the road. But then, <laughs> and with, with regards to VAR as well, I think rather than having some nump to use 100 mile away from the game, the referee has got to go and look at it. Mm, so he's, right. seen, yeah. he's seen the incident at a real, real pace, you know, and, he's, and he, if it's slowed down and he then changes his mind, then that's that. If he looks at it and thinks, no, I was right the first time, I think. Because he's, he's within the emotions of the game as well, you know. So, I think the referee that's on the pitch, and I think next year they'll, they'll change it a little bit. They'll use the monitors a little bit more. But I think they need to – the referee on the pitch needs to be have the final decision, not somebody who's in his ear. Yeah, sure, sure. So, should we get on to your 1-11, to Darren? I think we Yeah, come on, let's go. Go on, then. Come on, then, Darren. Right. So, in goal, I've, got, I've gone for Benno, just because yep. – Listen, Benno was he was a great goalkeeper, but in the changing room, he was the life and soul of the changing room as well. You <laughs> know, he, he was a, he was a, he was a, he was the sort of club clown. He he was brilliant, he had great company around. So when you're eating pre-match meals any, and all any, that, any quick stuff. funny any quick funny Benno stories you can tell us? Any quick pranks he's done on anyone or anything like that? I'm trying to think, you know. John John had a, did a video before the thing before the World Cup final or before the playoff final. Yeah, I think that the, the, there's little bits of Benno in there, and he'd like yeah. we'd go out on a Friday, like for a walk on a Friday evening or something, and he'd go and chuck himself in a hedge or something stupid like that. <laughs> you know, he he was just a he was just a real funny bloke. He he sort of he, he was brilliant at impressions and things like that, and he'd just come yeah. out with stupid impressions, and um, yeah, and he was a good goalkeeper as well. You know, I was, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I put Nico Vassen down as well. It was, it was like a choice between them two, really. Yeah, you know, but um, but Benno gets it just because I think I played with him a little bit more, and I think he yeah. just brought a bit more to the dressing room. Yeah. So right back, I've gone for, and this is probably one of the toughest ones because you got Je- Jeff Kenner, Jerry Gill, yeah. but I've gone for Gary Rowett. Um, yeah. I run with, with Gaz for a couple of years when he played, um, so um, I've gone for Gary Rowett. Um, left back is I think everybody picks him. He's great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, me, me and Grange got on really well as as, as teammates, um, and and obviously still still keep in touch now. So um, I, I, I'd have him in in any. It'd be in my all time eleven as well. From, just just a very quick one on Vegas. Grange, Darren. Grange, Darren. When he shared that video the other week, Martin on Twitter of that tackle you did on one Pablo Angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you should you should have got live for that. But it was a local derby. It was a local derby. He's allowed to do it back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say with some of the tackles that flew in that night, some of the things that happened. It's amazing that both teams kept eleven players on the pitch. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, happen now. Scary. And so, not, so, not, so not, one of the biggest say, things. Yeah, one of the biggest things from playing for Blues, and one of the proudest things is, I think out of all the years, I think I played six Villa Blues games and never lost one. Ooh. So I think that's one of the proudest things. Is yeah. Obviously, took being two 0 down at Villa Park, and we came back two two when Stern John scored, and little things like that. You know, there's yeah. great great <laughs> memories. That it was your long ball, get. wasn't it, Darren? It was your long ball up from the halfway. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mention it, but it was. It, it was, was a long ball. It was, it was a cultured pass. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so um, yeah, so obviously Gray's at left back. Then obviously Michael Johnson at centre half. Um, I played probably out of me 200 odd games. I played, I played a majority of them with Jono. 
Um, yeah. And we had we had a real good rapport together and got on really well. So Jono and Kenny Cunningham as well. I put, yeah. I put Kenny in there. Um, I think he was captain for a bit of, of, for most of the time when I, obviously when we was in the Premier League. So so that's me back four. Um, I think everybody else picks him, and that's Martin O'Connor. Just yeah. to sit out. I'm, go- I'm going for a four-one-three-two. Okay. So Martin, O'Connor, Martin O'Connor is going to be my sitter. Is he, he captain? Was, uh, would, would he be yeah, captain? captain. Yeah. yeah, captain as well. He, he was a brilliant captain to play for. Um, and I think pretty much, I think everybody picks him in their side as well. And he just did the simple things really well. And as a leader, as a captain, he led by example. So yeah, I've got Skip in there. Yeah. Um, as well. Not, sorry. Nice bloke. As nice well, bloke. Yeah, yeah, great. Bloke. No, no, he's, yeah, he's top class. Great bloke. Great bloke. So mm. you've got a lot of time for him. Um, left sided Stan Lazaridis um, as a oh, winger. I don't think he, he could whip a ball in from any angle. Even sort of, a, he'd have a defender a yard away from him and he'd whip that ball across the box. You know, so I, lo- I love Stan out on the left hand side. Then it started becoming a little bit tricky. Carol wanted <laughs> people to fit in. You know, like John McCarthy. I haven't got John McCarthy in. I thought John McCarthy was an excellent winger. His work rate was superb. But what I've done is I've put Brian Hughes out on the right because I think yeah. Hughes played out there for a bit. Yeah. So I've put him out on the right-hand side so that I could fit Christoph Dugary as a, as a number 10. And then I've got a front two of Jeff Horsfield and Mikel Forsell. Great team. That wouldn't do too bad now, would it, in uh, today's game? No, I think it'd be, uh, I think it'd be decent, that. Could mm. anybody buy that team? Yeah, yeah. And who would you say was the most underrated you played with and against, Aaron? Um, underrated? Yeah. I don't know, really. Um, trying to think back. I, do you know what? Martin O'Connor would probably be under... As, as Blues fans, I, I bet you that most Blues fans will probably put him in their side. Yeah. You know? Mm. As a no. team, I think they'd, they'd probably pick people like Sav, uh, Larson, people like that. Do you know what I mean? Barry but, Ferguson. Yeah, Barry Ferguson. But mm. I think Martin O'Connor was a very underrated footballer. Mm. You know, for what for what he did within a, within a team, I thought he was excellent. You know. Yeah. So I, I think he'd be probably one of the most underrated. Mm. Mm. And then and then against um, or anyone that you was maybe expecting a an easy an easier afternoon against than maybe what you got. No, not really. It was all easy afternoons. I was that good a player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it'd be a tough one. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to have have a think about that one. I'm not too sure. Okay, no worries. Uh, I don't know where the time's gone, but just before we we do go, Darren, can you you say a happy birthday to Adam Courtney? Happy birthday, Adam. Adam. He's a, big, he's, a mass, he's a massive fan. And also, if you can say, uh, 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 get well to uh, Leighton Webster. I don't know if you've been following him on um, on Twitter. He's the lad that spent the uh, the 59 days in the COVID Yeah, I see, I see that on Twitter. And uh, obviously, yeah. I'll, I'll send him a message on Twitter as well. But yeah, Leighton, keep getting well, mate, and uh, keep right on. Lovely. Chris, Cheers. I'll tell you what, what an absolute pleasure to see that guy sitting up today in, in, in his Birmingham T-shirt. You know what? Mm. You've just spent 59 days in intensive care with this awful, filthy, dirty virus that's going around, so be mm. careful, people. And to see that man sitting up today in his Birmingham City shirt, mate, I, I actually genuinely cried this morning. Then. It was fantastic. Mm. Do, do, do you know, yeah. for me, you know, you know what I was listening, he's, he's showed great fighting qualities, and everything, but that just shows you what our NHS is like as well, though, with what, 
with what's gone on, it's yeah. been superb, you know. And yeah. I think you, you look at what's happening over in America and their private yeah. medical and all that sort of stuff. To have what we've got over here and we pay absolutely nothing towards it, I think is a is a is a great thing, and they're, they're doing great great work at the minute. Mm, yeah, Nick, which is the why time where's the time studio and his uh, and his uh, support there for Bath City, and of course they're going to wear the NHS badge on the shirts, excellent stuff. Sorry, Chris. I said, Nick, where has the time gone? Well, we're going until quarter two. We're going to go till quarter two. We'll go to quarter two. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, wife just, the wife just said, what's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Brownie. Yes? His wife said, you're on double time now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I'll tell you what there, Darren. Being, being like, and I am, I am, like Birmingham City is my life. Yeah, it is. I'll put yeah. Birmingham City for everything. Um, obviously not my children and one thing or another. Like, got me medallion there. I have that oh, handmade. I see that at the start. Handmade that was. There's only five yeah. of those in the country. There's only five of those in the world. There's only, got there's only five people that would wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that before. Are you were worried about it. crowd trouble while you're taking penalties? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the Dow Boy oh. thing. <laughs> what, sorry, mate. Hey, it says Rui, doesn't it? <laughs> Tattooed on my oh, arm. Hey, Nick, there it is. Nick, has anybody gone up to you and said, what, is that, what does it stand for? Is that Bristol City? No, they're Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I am absolutely properly well known in this town for being uh, the number one Birmingham City fan, certainly within this region. Um, nobody else is like as, as crazy as me about Birmingham City in this town. Um, but it's been a hard few weeks, you know what, not being able to go to the games and, and all the games being off one another, but I'm so glad that, that they're back and I'm so glad that we're starting to ease ourselves back into this, right? But I genuinely believe we've got that second spike coming, right? And I've said it all along. And I just don't want people to be silly. Don't want people to be crazily daft and, and, and do things that, you know, are going to put us back another four months, six months, 12 months even. I don't know. Uh, and it scares me. We, we we work in pubs, right? And I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about picking dirty glasses on next next Saturday morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Hey, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick. Yeah, somebody's yeah. just said, uh, no wonder Nick's got a bad back wearing that around his neck. Actually, <laughs> actually, Chris, here's the truth. Here's the truth, right? Uh, and this is legal, right? You you know my sister Pat, don't you? Yeah. Wonderful woman, apart from when she orders a double gin and coke in bar eight. Oh, she's not. Uh, double gin and tonic, sorry. Um, we were talking to uh, Twittering with Curtis Woodhouse a week or so ago, yeah? And I've nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hide, yeah? Um, and we were talking about pain, and I was, I was going on about this. Da, 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 da. Anyway, cut a long story short, I'm at work and I get this phone call. Are you expecting a parcel? No. Well, there's a parcel arrived here for you. Yeah? We'll open it then. And it's a bottle of CBD oil, which is legal in the UK. It's legal, right? And I was absolutely so worried about using it, but I've been on it now for four and a half days. And the difference in my spine and on my legs has been incredible. And I mean incredible. I sit here, Chris, on a night time. And you know when you get that moving leg syndrome? 
that's what one of my legs is doing all the time to try and ease the pain. Mm. I'll get out of bed in the morning. It takes me 20 minutes to get out of bed in the morning. I have to have Voltarol and everything and did a little bit. I've done nothing, nothing for five days now. So that's five the answer then. That's the answer then, take weed. You want <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll take that chain off. <laughs> Nat Peters, sorry. Uh, Nat Peters, I want to clarify what you just said. You yeah, I, was, I was speaking in jest, though. I was going to say, it's, um, I'm glad it's working for you. but it's um... Nat Peters, clarify what you said. I said, I said, I'm glad you're getting better, mate. That's, that's the main thing. <laughs> There's my personal alcohol licence, right? You cannot advocate for me to take uh, things that I shouldn't do, right? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> predictions for Wednesday, yes, guys. Oh, Wednesday. yes, let's get our predictions in. Yes, Darren, me. We've been uh, in lockdown for a long time, right? Okay, have you got a message out there that you want to you want to portray to the Blues fans now? Before we go, well, do you want to do predictions first? Let's do predictions for for uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Sorry, I'm, I haven't got my hearing aids in. Chris. I'm going for. <laughs> I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to go Blues two one. Huddersfield. Hmm. I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah. I'm going to go 1-0 to us. Right. Um, they're, in dire, they're in dire straits, just yeah. like Hull. Um, by, the, by the sound of things, it could be the, their manager's last game. Um, just reading the local, local reports up there this morning. But it's the sort of game we stuff up. I'm going to say 1-0, but I'm not all that confident. Nah, nah. remind me, who is their manager? I can't remember. It's Steve Cowley. 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 Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for two one. Um, again, it's one of them games we're expected to win. I think it's going to be close, but I think we'll just. I reckon it's going to be a big crowd. A massive. Yeah. <laughs> that just shows you, Darren, doesn't it? The difference between the Championship and League One. It's like the Premier League and the Championship, isn't it? When you see managers coming up and struggling like that. Uh, the, the thing is with the Cal the Cowley boys. They, they said, They've done brilliant to get because they started in sort of step four of non-league football. You know they've done brilliant yeah. to to yeah. get where they are, and I think sometimes you sort of um, sometimes you can go too big too soon. Yeah, and some some things you work some things or some things you do work with lower league players that they, and they don't work with with sort of Premier League and Championship players. I mm. I, I always remember um, Graham Wesley going from Stevenage. Obviously, he brought Stevenage up through the. Uh, through the league, through non-league into the league. And then he went and saw, then he went and uh, manager of Preston. And I remember him having a sort of real str struggling a lot with trying to get the Preston players to buy into the way that he did it with, with Stevenage. Because at Stevenage, he'd have them training from nine till five every day. Whereas at Preston, they used to be in at 10 and leaving at one, you know? So, yeah. And, 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 that, and he couldn't get round it. that They was in there to work. And he could do it with the boys that were earning six, seven hundred quid a week, and yeah. and that was their livelihood because they knew they had to do it. But when you're dealing with players that are on twenty grand a week and don't have to do it, it's it's yeah. easier. Or it's always yeah, tougher yeah. for you. And yeah. I, th I think as well, to be fair, with any manager going into a club like that, I mean Huddersfield have been dire now for a couple of years in terms of they got beat pretty much every week last season. And they had a terrible start to this season before they went in, and sometimes you've got. I mean, losing becomes a really bad habit and it becomes very tough to break it until you actually have an overhaul of people in, in the team. Um, and I think, with regards to them too, because you look at the success they've had elsewhere at all different levels of the game, you've you kind of just got to give them a bit of a chance and say, right, well, is it necessarily their fault or is it just the state the club's in that nobody can turn this around overnight? Yeah. Managers need time, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's hope our, let's hope our next manager gets a bit of time, eh? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's hope. 
Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's now uh, quarter to nine, what do you know? So we've done a little bit of extra time today. Um, we didn't go into penalties, thankfully, so we're probably at the post. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, brilliant. He won't come back again. Oh, was you going to do, sorry, Darren, was you going to do a message for everyone? You going to do a message for everyone as well, weren't you? Oh, go on. Was yeah. I? Do, just yeah, a minute. Oh, that's what he asked you, wasn't it, as well? A message from you to all the Birmingham City fans out there during this awful period that we've gone through. Um, you know, you know that you know that we absolutely adore Jack when you was at the Blues, right? You were a, an absolute cult figure. You still are, right? And you're in, you, you're in all our halls of fame without a doubt, without absolute doubt. So, here we go. End off. This Last message the, the, to every Birmingham the biggest City thing, fan. The biggest thing for me, for the Blues fans, is, is keep right on. You know, you, you yeah. sing it every week. And listen, wherever we're going through, okay, we will come out of it. And the Blues fans will come out of it. They've been through a lot already, you know. The new, the new manager that comes in, make sure we back him, make sure we get behind him, you know, show him that what you can, what you can be like as, as a group of fans. And, uh, and I just wish the club every success because the, the success of the club um, is always down to the fans and the fans at, at, at Blues definitely deserve that. So... Yeah, but the biggest one, keep right on, is you see everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Well, ladies and gents, there we go. We're out of time. We'll be back here next Monday, 7.30 through to about quarter to nine. Um, Bordersfield, under the lights. Everybody get down. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much, Matt Peters. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Paul Hipkiss. Thank you very much. Good night, all. And thank you very much, Mrs Brown. Good night. But most of all, thank you so, 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 so very much because we do this every week. And you know what? It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. Uh, a ledge, an absolute ledge. Like played in that cup final. Uh, okay. You missed the penalty, but we've all forgiven you because we love you. Darren. <laughs> in general, Darren Pertz. Cheers, Well, that's it. It's all over. It's all over for another Monday, Chris. Uh, is, what can I say? Um, We'll be back next week. That's all I'll say. We'll be back next week. Okay. Is it Liam Ridgewell next week? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Liam Ridgewell in next week. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Oh, what, what a guest lineup we've had. Craig Courtney is an absolute star. Yeah. Thank you, Craig, for organising all of this through this lockdown. We couldn't have done it without you. He's an absolute integral member of the team. Uh, Adam Wilkes now, oh, and everybody else, Dennis, and all those hundreds of people behind it, and even Ali for booking those. Chocolate brownies that day. <laughs> Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this Good is the talk. Good night. God bless. Take care. Always, as Darren said, always keep right The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.